I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. We wish you a Crusher Christmas. We wish you a Crusher Christmas. We wish you a Crusher Christmas. Ring, 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 ring. That's Jingle Bells. That's the sound of Jingle Bells. But a happy new year, Whee! or at least a different year. Yeah, yeah, That's that'd be good. Different would be good. I could use a change. How are you doing, Chuck? Good, Noel. I'm also looking forward to 2020 being over so I can just quit hearing about people fucking talking about 2020. Yeah. Yeah, 20, Sick of 2021. It. That doesn't roll off the tongue so well. 2021. That's hard to the say. The future. It is a future. It, it is starting to feel like we're we're dealing in futury type dates. We're in, we're entering the Blade <laughs> yeah. Runner type territory. You we know? passed that a while ago. Yeah, I think true. Uh, for me, but yeah, when you're in the 2020s, like where the in, where's that meal that I can just put a little drop of water on a pill and it turns into a delicious meal? Do you really want that, Chuck? Yes. Oh, you mean like it actually. Con- reconstitutes itself into a delightful roasted turkey it, or whatever you want complete with the little footy things on the ends you know with yeah, like I mean, steam rising yeah, up because i eat roasted turkey every night you ever seen those footy things what are those even for they, they keep the ends from it, drying out or something you think they would catch fire in the stove you know I, yeah, no I they don't bake it with those on they pop them on afterward mm. and i do not know this at all but my educated guess would be uh, is that it just covers up that gnarly little leg nub yeah, at the end. It makes it feel a little less barbaric. I think so. Okay. That would be my guess. It's right. like you don't have to look. It's the same reason they don't like, you know, same reason they cut off the head. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point, Chuck. Wow. That's right. Yeah. But yet people are, some people anyway, are okay with whole fish with a face on it. That's okay. Yeah. You know, I will, uh, I don't eat the eyeballs, but I, I can chow down on a Branzino. 
That's for sure. Oh yeah, no. It's I, I, for some reason I think there's a distinction because you know how they're like they're pescatarians who will eat you know fish, um, sure. but they won't eat you know chicken or, or beef or anything or any or you pork. Know. Yeah, they see there seems to be a distinction like uh, in terms of um, what's the word cruelty in the minds of some between sea dwelling creatures and land dwelling creatures. Yeah, you know, uh, everyone has their own internal compass when it comes to stuff like that. And uh, far be it for me to tell anyone else what to do. Where do you stand on horse meat, Chuck? Where do you stand on horse meat? <laughs> Nay. Okay, good. Good. Good talk. Good what talk. a bad dad joke. Uh-huh. So, uh, no, we were chatting very briefly as we were buzzing into Zoom that uh, today is your daughter's 12th birthday. On this, the day of my daughter's 12th birthday. That's a movie reference. Prize, prize to anyone who can who can name that film. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, you can. On this, the day of my daughter's... Oh, it was her wedding. It wasn't her birthday. Never mind. Oh, God. It no. was a misplaced reference. Um, yeah, she's 12, man, and she and her mom and her little sister came over this morning, and they brought me a donut, and I gave her her present, which is a skateboard. Um, Great. Because apparently I do not value her safety, but it's something that she's been Risk wanting. Guards, knee pads? Not yet. We're going to go get that. Okay. I want to make <laughs> sure important. to get they're the right ones. No, I know. And yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to go together and do that tomorrow. But like, it's something that she's been wanting to do, and she was doing dance for a while, and she kind of felt like all the other kids in her dance class were sort of like catty, and she didn't really care for the vibe, and so she needs an outdoor activity, and she wanted to just skate, and there's a really good skate park near us, so we're going to get her lessons as well. So, Well, Noel, you know, she takes to it a little bit, and she ends up liking skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked into this a couple of years ago, because I was, I was all hot to get Ruby a skateboard, and Emily's still like, well, let's wait another year, even though I don't think you have to. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving in on that one and waiting a little bit, but there is a girls' skate camp in seattle oh wow uh in the summer cool that i was like man this looks really really cool so uh just put that in the back of your head maybe if she really gets into it i hope she does uh, next summer or the next she could always go to seattle skate camp and then you go and you stay there with for a week and just do seattle i actually haven't been to seattle i I was going to i actually had it booked me and jordan runtog my one of my colleagues on my team we're gonna go to seattle to do like a sales thing for for work and then you know the world exploded you've um, never been i've never been to seattle nope no it's your kind of town my I've friend been. i'm excited to go look into that skate camp and then you go just live as a seattleite for a week your little airbnb i'm into it i'm, I'm hoping with these vaccines that we can at least go back to a semblance of our previous uh lives um because i have to say like I, I think i've mentioned this on the pod before like i was traveling to kind of an alarming degree where it was almost cutting into my quality of life in terms of my yeah. like, personal time sure. um but I would like to now I've like kind of gotten comfortable and like I know the balance that I want and I think right. I would push for that and I think I've earned it. <laughs> so so what, what's your balance, Noel? Like how many times a month will you fly and be OK? I think twice, but I was doing twice it like a once a week sometimes, you know, and That's I was doing quick trips like sometimes twice a week. Like it was it was a lot. Do you ever do the up and back in the same day Big to time. New York? Yep. Not to New York, but I did it to Chicago a couple of times for some sales. Those things. are not fun. No, they're not fun. You go to a great city and you can't even enjoy it. You nope. go to a dumb meeting and then you get back on a plane. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Although, uh, you know, the story when iHeart was was circling uh, our network to buy it, they sent down a private jet for me and Jerry and our bosses and uh, never flown on a private jet before. And that was an up and back. And uh, yeah, it was pretty great. That sounds pretty cool. That's a good that, story. It was, it was a bucket list thing. I always wanted to fly on a private jet. Totally. It was amazing. And you know the best part about it is, Noel, the jet's fine. They're actually kind of really small and not so 
spacious. Sure. Uh, it's a little like claustrophobic. Yeah. But man, the the lack of hassle. Oh boy. Oh my God. It's so great. I can only imagine. You just walk right on. You can park at the airport. I walk through the lobby and a guy said, are you Mr. Bryant? And he was like, we're waiting on you. And you walk right through and get on a plane. It's like, man, I should have smuggled some drugs. Yeah, definitely. That's why they do that. It is why they do that. <laughs> no one, no one checks. Nobody checks. Uh, but with the, the skateboard thing, Chuck, uh, Eden is pretty good at like sticking with things that she's really passionate about. But if she's not, she drops it like a bad habit. So I'm hoping that this is one that she sticks with. Cause she's well, all that's the, good. Yeah. She knows what she wants. She does know what she wants. And she's like super invested in the things that she, uh, she's feeling. But I also like so, as a dad, I'm like, you gotta try. Don't give up after, you know, just well, because you yeah, don't, aren't give good a little try. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, I'm also a believer in that. Like if, if your kid knows, they know, but know. give it a little, give it a little effort. If you don't like it, screw it. Right you are, Chuck. Right you are. So I guess it's Christmas now, huh? Yeah. So big happy birthday to Eden. And uh, this is actually going to be our only Christmas mini content. Christmas content mini Mm. that we're going to do. Christmas movies kind of suck, Noel. Did you know that? What do you mean? All of them? I mean, you know, there's some nostalgia and some feels, but mostly... If you're talking about just great cinema, yeah, not a lot of Christmas oh, movies. Oh, Christmas fall into movies that. in general. Yeah. We've talked about this. They do kind of suck. I will say there's a new one that's out on Netflix that I haven't watched yet, but it's getting a lot of love. It's called Jingle Jangle, and it's a uh, um, a kind of new spin on a Christmas like elf kind of magical Santa Land kind of world. Uh, Keegan okay. Michael Key is in it, and it's got a lot oh, of music. Okay. And it's um, I, I watched the the opening sequence, and it is pretty grand and uh, and delightful. And it seems like it could potentially be like a new Christmas tradition for some families. Oh, all right. Well, I'll check that out. Have you seen the uh, trailer and the buzz about this fucking KOC Colonel Sanders thing with Mario Lopez? My friend sent me That's real. a tweet. <laughs> and I didn't think it was real. And I no also, one thinks it's real. I also didn't immediately uh, get the fact that Mario Lopez was playing Colonel Sanders. I just thought it was some sort of like schlocky, you know, like cosplay. Um, oh no, no, like like I just thought it was like a like a a period rom drum, you know, presented by KFC. But then in the small print it says Mario Lopez chef. as Colonel Sanders. <laughs> what is the this deal? Is Harlan Sanders, the new chef. What is the deal? I don't know, dude. It says it's a mini movie, so I don't know how long it is. It is on Lifetime, though, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think it's got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly, obviously, uh, branded content from kfc but boy what a concept i would do anything to have been in those meetings oh yeah when they cook this up kfc is pretty famous for their a lot of these brands are these days for their kind of snarky uh playful tongue-in-cheek um you know social media presence so i think they're really starting to lean into this kind of stuff and this this is is leaning into it yeah (laughs) i love it it. very funny uh and by the way noel just uh, very quickly as an aside i said i was going to get one a uh, new game to play now. Yeah. Because we wrapped up Stuff You Should Know yesterday for the year. Yeah. Very big relief. Um, not, you know, I love doing that oh, show, but it's a it's a lot it's a more lot. work than this show. You know sure, what I mean? For sure. Uh, so we wrapped that for the year and we're taking our nice big fat Christmas break and I wanted something to play and I got that Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played that? I haven't. I mean, it's just brand new. I remember the last one that came out was a lot of fun. I never bought it. Well, but no, I I'm it. talking about the one from 2018. Oh, yeah, but there's a new Not one. The, there's an I think there's a Miles Morales yeah, one that's yeah. pretty new. Well, you're, you're talking about the one that I've played then. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the one from two years ago. You just can like swing around town and like, you know, like it's very open world and you can kind of do whatever, right? It's amazing yeah. because especially if you have a love for New York City, 
to do like all like I spent I spent half my time not even playing the game story yet because I'm like I want to go perch on that uh, eagle's head mm-hmm. on the Chrysler building like he did in the movie and you can oh, do that you can find it is it pretty like map accurate yeah man it's right there that's great just look up I perched on the Empire State Building I went over and I was like I wonder what it's like to sit on top of the Radio City Music Hall sign let me swing over there and do that. Let me walk the high line. Let me swing above the high line. It's really, really fun. That's awesome. And, you know, and it's accurate with the big, big things like that. But it's not like what I really wanted was ultimate accuracy. Yes. I wanted to go to the West Village right. and and go by Magnolia Bakery yeah. and see if, like, they had people walking around eating cupcakes. Go by your like favorite that. little record shop, you know, yeah. browse around a little bit. That. Yeah, But it's a great game. That I mean, the visuals, it really feels like you're swinging around. Uh, it's, I just am having so much fun. And this Good. is when Ruby is watching and I let her climb walls and do stuff like that. And she loves it. It's, we're having a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. I, uh, uh what else? Uh, uh, gaming wise, I just did like, I have a switch. I told you about that. I love, and I just realized now, what is a switch? What, what it, is it? It's a, well, it's the newest Nintendo console and the, it's okay, called so a, it's just a regular console. Well, yeah, but it, it, it's, um, it's interchangeable between being portable and being hooked up to your TV. It, it, it docks oh. in this little station, and it has okay. these little little side guys that kind of click clip onto the side of the screen, and they go into this dock, and then it goes on your TV, and you can take gotcha. the little side guys off, and they become like left and right handheld controllers, or they clip onto the thing, and then it becomes like a Game Gear, like a like a portable thing you can take on the subway. And it's not like Wi-Fi. De- I mean, it is Wi-Fi dependent, but the games are on that little portable device. So it's not like streaming from some larger okay. thing. But um it's just a really fun system and the games are really like designed really cleverly and Nintendo does, does a great job of kind of like pushing the fun factor. And if you are a member of the online little very minuscule amount of money that it costs to be a member of the online thing so you can play, you know, with your friends. You can get, like, all of these Super Nintendo and original NES games for free. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I just got all these Mario games that I'm going to mess with uh, later this week. I'm excited about. Awesome. Noel, Mm -hmm. I want us to start a band just so we can have a record named Pushing the Fun Factor. Pushing the Fun Factor is not bad. It's a good record name. I agree. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. 
We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, Noel, this is the Christmas Crusher Spectacular. And, uh, you know, we've covered it. You know, it's hard every year because there's only so many questions you can formulate around Christmas movies. So uh, I decided to ask, family tradition-wise, what holiday tradition do you hate, but you do it anyway because your family expects it and loves it? Hmm. So do you have one? My mom always used to make this uh, really gross Jell-O salad that she called called gentleman's salad, which sounds disgusting (laughs) in and of itself. Um, and it sounds like something you get at a strip club yes, at lunch. Exactly. A gentleman's salad. And it's like, you know how like that was such a cliche, like seventies thing, like jello oh, yeah. mold salad things. And it's like made with lime jello and like horseradish. It's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Whoa. I never and nuts. And I never wanted to eat it. And she eventually stopped making it because she realized nobody liked it. But she <laughs> she made it because her mom would always make it and her mom before or whatever. Like it was one Did of those she like things. it? Did she like to eat it? My mom liked it. Yeah. She but did? I, okay. I, I just found it like it's also green and it just looks like uh like it something out like of an a sci-fi movie. It, it really does, dude. <laughs> oh I just thinking about it now is giving me the the cringes. But that, gentleman's salad. Gentleman's salad. salad. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, man. I mean, that just crystallizes the holidays with family Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's great. All right. So we're going to start off with uh, the most recent comment here. Rachel McEachin says overspending on a a bunch of money that could be saved. But my husband loves it. Ugh. There's a lot of those. Yeah. People saying gift giving. It's just I'm over it. It's a lot of obligation. And I've certainly I've narrowed it down to my immediate family. I'm not like a universal gift giver. And I also because Eden's birthday is so close to Christmas, we kind of have to split them up a little bit. Don't go too ham. But yeah, I do agree that like it's like the inherent commercialism. Like listen to me sounding cliche as hell. But the inherent commercialism of the holidays is kind of a little obnoxious, I would say. Yeah. I mean, listen to each their own. I'm not going to tell anyone how to Christmas, but all I'll say is when me and my siblings decided to stop giving gifts to each other, it was a great year. Yeah. And now like we'll get together and do something for my mom and then that's it besides kids. And, you know, Emily and I, we try to surprise each other with a couple of little things, mm-hmm. nothing extravagant, mm-hmm. like thoughtful gifts. Exactly. I have one thing in mind for her that an artist is going to do that she's really, really going to love and it's going to be special. But other than that, now we kind of go like, hey, listen, you know, if there's something you want, 
let's just earmark some money and get it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like last year, I got that new guitar. And this year, I'm getting me some golf clubs. Nice. Because I haven't played golf in 20 years, and I used to love playing golf. I think, I think that's the thing, too, Chuck, is like, I'm at an age where if I want something, I either probably already have it, or, yeah. or I'm thinking about getting it, or I don't sure. really want it that bad. And I think the reason Christmas and stuff like that is great for kids is because they don't have like agency to get things for themselves. Right. So they really depend on like, you know, Santa Claus or mom and dad to like yeah. get them that dream thing. Otherwise, they'll never have it. So that I think is neat. But for adults, it's like, come on, what are we like eight? Like, let's just come on. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. And then that stuff's fun. Like it, it is genuinely fun when you have a young child on Christmas. Uh, so I'm not going to knock, you know, gift giving altogether. Oh, no, no, but, but I was, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound completely like, oh, fuck no. adults getting presents. Because to your point, the thoughtful aspect is the way more important aspect when you're an adult. I think so. It's like, yeah. oh, I know a little something about you and have gotten you this thing that I think you will appreciate that you never in a million years would have thought of for yourself. And it's just like maybe something decorative or like a sock right. subscription. Because you know what? Turns out adults love socks. <laughs> yeah. And Emily last year got me those... Uh, Socks with uh, Ruby's face on it and my two dogs and her. And those are the socks I wear when I go on the road. See, perfect combination of functional and thoughtful, Chuck. Yeah, and not not expensive. Um, And looking through these posts, I looked through them last night. There's a lot of people, I will just say, that have parents that like just still make such a big deal about all that stuff. And they're like, enough already. Like, please don't make us open these gifts one at a time. And then remark about the gifts and talk about the gifts. And then you're next. Like, I think a lot of people on this thread just want to be with family and have something kind of low key. Totally. All right. So having said that, uh, one of our oldest pals, Rebecca Robe, uh, I'll be honest, there used to be a lot that I couldn't stand, but life has a way of making you appreciate all the joys and annoyances that the season uh, brings. But if I had to pick one thing, it's the shopping. Love the giving, hate the shopping. I get it. Robes. I haven't, I mean, all my shopping's online, even if there wasn't a pandemic and all, I'm not going into a mall. Kill me. You know, I like a mall, Chuck. I'm not going to lie. I like a mall. I do. It's a nostalgia factor for (laughs) me. I don't know why. There's something about it. Like I just, I, I, you know, as a kid, one of the first places you could kind of go hang out, you know? Yeah. It's like uh, before you could get into bars, you'd go hang out at malls and arcades. And I just, there's something about that that gives me the warm fuzzies. See, I was never allowed to just go hang out at the mall. That's why I, I think, have an aversion. I would go to some arcades, but it was never, like, my mom never dropped me off at the mall. I wanted to be that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a total latchkey kid. A little more, little more strict. <laughs> you lucky guy. Uh, Brianna Rossi says, buying gifts. Honestly, I just want to spend time with the people uh, I love. Bake and cook and eat with them. And I always feel too bad to say something when I'm really tight on money. And a lot of people... Uh, replied and up loved that um it's common sentiment well a lovely meal is a great gift in and of itself wouldn't you think gift i mean absolutely and so much thought and care goes into that that's a me thing i love cooking for people i love cooking for just a one person you know like it, it gives me a lot of joy so cooking for like a group and then feeling like it's reciprocated and people are having a good time because of the work that i put in that's a gift that gives both ways in my opinion it does it does and all. Uh, Anna Gwen says, making our gingerbread house. The kids love it, but there are always fights. And my need for things to be right drives me nuts because the kiddos decorate the house themselves. <laughs> uh, John Hewitt says, all of Christmas. Jason Devonshire says, celebrating Christmas. I think we got some Scrooges on here. That's fine, too. I was about too. to say Bahumbug, yeah. 
you know, if you're not into it, you're not into it. Uh, Jason Mansell says over decorating. I'm all for a tree and a few cute displays, but uh, like maybe a snowman cookie jar and a wreath. Simple. Mm-hmm. But my mother is a Christmas fanatic. Yeah, mine too. This year we built a house and moved her and my octogenarian grandparents in. So we have three households and four generations worth of stuff. Oh boy, that's tough. My mom's actually pretty tasteful about it. She's she's got pretty good uh, minimalist sense of of Christmas decorations. There's some cute little things that she does. But like, how do you feel about the massive, ridiculous yard displays, Chuck? Well, they're an awful lot of fun to drive by with a child. Sure. But not for me. Right. Right. We have a uh, Christmas tree. We have uh, about probably 35 um, little crafty wooden Santas of different shapes and sizes that Emily's grandfather made every year. And we have the whole collection. So those sit around the house. We got our stockings and uh, Emily loves the little mercury trees. We have those on our mantle and that's it. And then I do a... uh, one strand of the little icicle lights on my front porch, mm-hmm. and we got a little light-up blinky snowman nice. on the front porch. I'm sorry, mercury trees? I think you buried the lead there, Chuck. What the hell is yeah, a Yeah, Google tree? that shit, Noel. Look it up. <laughs> All right. Mercury Christmas tree, and uh, you'll see. It's like, uh, it's like a mercury glass. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, never, I never heard it described that way. Yeah, they're, they're classy. They're cool looking, yeah. They are cool. I like them. All right. Uh, this is great. One of our old buds, Robert Paulson, his name is Robert Paulson, says this. Mm-hmm. It used to be going to the Nutcracker. <laughs> God, Paulson, this is so great. It used to be going to the Nutcracker Ballet, but then I convinced my daughters that they hated it, too, <laughs> once they got older. Yeah. And now we don't have to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, no, I'm not sorry. I mean, we're, we're on the same page. It sucks. I wouldn't. I've never been. I, I don't want to go. The first part is is charming because the first part. I, I've made me mention this before. I used to work at a theater um, and was a sound guy, and we would do the Nutcracker every year. Two different companies would do it kind of like back to back it's that popular so there'd be like the local ballet theater company that would do it and then this other ballet theater company from like a little out of town would come and do it and so i had to sit through like weeks of nutcracker um and the first half is like the part where i keep wanting to call her clarice but i think it's clara um as the girl and it's like the christmas miracle thing where the world turns into you know christmas land and like you know the creepy grandfather with the eye patch makes the nutcracker come to life and the, the rat king and all that. And then the second half is just all these fucking weird dance routines with no heard, like heard it really drags. It drags. <laughs> oh my God. Does it ever drag? If it was just, See, the no, first I know, part, I know nothing down. about it. Nothing to know. I just literally, literally told you the whole thing. Yeah. I never, it wasn't a thing in our house. So I was spared the nutcracker growing up. I know that song. Uh, obviously I'm not, you know, I didn't grow up under a rock. So I know the, you know, dun, 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 dun. I think that's, but, is that Sugar Plum Fairies? No, that's not. Sugar Plum Fairies is. You know that one. Yeah, I know that one too. But yeah, I was spared it. Emily watched it and saw it growing up and likes it, I think. But I've made it quite clear that I really don't want to go. I will really quickly say, though, before we move on, there is a really cool kind of alternate Nutcracker tradition. It's like a dance company. I want to say in New York, but it's called Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. And it's like I think it's a much more um, 
African-American centered approach to the Nutcracker and kind of like uh, bl- probably blends. means it's more fun. Exactly. Better. It looks like a lot more fun and it's, it's become yeah. like a real tradition in like in terms of like the kids that do it every year. And sure. there's a Netflix documentary about it called Dance Dreams Hot Chocolate Nutcracker that's put out by Shondaland Production, uh, which is a, a company that we partner with on oh, yeah, podcasts. Right. Yeah, so yeah. that might be an interesting if you're bored with the Nutcracker and you want to but you have a little fondness or nostalgia for it, maybe give Hot Chocolate Nutcracker a try. All right. That's the only one I'll see. I'll say that. Fair. If I ever see anything. Uh, Clay Strider says, pretty much the entire Christmas thing. I'm a fairly devout guy. I find no reason for the orgy of excess that my entire extended family does in the name of the one we worship. Sorry, not trying to be a downer, just not feeling the season right now. Well, that's the thing, though, Chuck, right? The whole religious side of it just seems totally glossed over and basically made up. And the idea of balancing those two things, like, seems really off. Like, what what I mean is no one really thinks Jesus was born on Christmas Day. I mean, whether you believe in God or not or the Bible, like, I think that's all pretty much understood to be an arbitrary, not real connection there. Right. Hot take, uh, I guess. Jenna Van Valen, one of our, what'd you say? I said hot take, I guess, but I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, Jenna Van Valen says this, the way my in-laws drag out gift giving for hours, one person at a time to open gifts and time to reflect and discuss the gift. It's so painful. Jackie Warren says, we always wish stuff you should know would cover the origin of Christmas lights. Fourth year's the charm. I think we've done that, Jackie. Maybe. I don't know. We just recorded our Christmas episode yesterday, so. It's uh, it's coming. Ooh, look at that cat in the background. Oh, hi, kitty. You see my kitty? I see your kitty. See, that's I was about to say something because she's literally been circling my legs this whole time, and no, it's the most the comfy. Because I'm wearing my COVID shorts, um, and it's the most comfy, like sweet uh, interaction ever. She's so cool, dude. She's really taken to the house, and like is just like a curler. She'll just get right what's, up. Uh, what's the cat's name? Uh, Karomi, which is an anime character of some sort or another. I love it. Very nice. I'm really happy to have her. She's such a chill, good girl. Uh, did I ever tell you the story of when I house sat for my friends many, 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 many years ago and their cat crawled up my um, boxer shorts? No. <laughs> I was house sitting for my friends in their loft and cat sitting memers who just recently passed away. Memers lived to be like 18 though oh, wow. or 19. So memers in the middle of the night one night crawled under the bed uh, sheet. I didn't know this. I was asleep. And crawled, I had these really big, loose, uh, like sleeping boxers and memers crawled up the leg of, through the leg of my boxers, like right there next to my junk and crawled through my, my pants and started to poke his head out the waistband. And that's when I woke up with literally a cat inside my underwear. And it was to wake up in the middle of the night with a live animal inside your underwear there's really no way to describe that feeling, Noel. It was one of the funniest, weirdest things that's ever happened to me. I am processing this right now, Chuck, and I'm trying to put myself <laughs> in your shoes or boxers. And I don't know oh if I would God, be like dude. terrified or delighted. <laughs> so or it, was, it seems like a combination. It seems like it would be a lot to take yeah, in. Yeah, mm-hmm. that story has gone down in uh, friendship lore with all of our friends when memers crawled up my pants. Uh, let me see here. Deb Sanders says, I hate pretending to hate Christmas stuff when I'm around Christmas cynics. I fucking love Christmas. The horrible presents, the music, the cookies, the lights, the jammies, all the movies, except the Chevy Chase one. The family, everything. So Deb is up with Christmas. Get out of here with that Grinch stuff. I'm with her. I like Christmas. I think it's. I love Christmas. I think it's fun, and I like it. It's something. I don't know. Like I said, despite the the, the problems that are obvious, but I think it's nice. 
I like Christmas a lot, Noel, and I am really ready to be done with Christmas when that time comes. Let's also just true. say that. Also true. A month is, that's it. I'm not that big of a Christmas. Oh, that's, I'm surprised no one said, like, their beef with Christmas is that the stores are immediately Christmasified, like, day one after Thanksgiving. Or not even at Thanksgiving, like Halloween. It's just yeah. the season is extended far too long, so it tends, it, it can, it has the potential of wearing out its welcome. Uh, so this one, all I'm not going to read in full, uh, but Haley Wells, uh, Christmas triggers some very bad childhood memories for Haley. And so I'm not going to get in all the details. It's on the page if you want to go read it. But Haley, I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, that's true for a lot of people, I imagine. And it happens every year and it's kind of shoved down your throat anyway. So uh, we are always thinking about the people who don't like Christmas for reasons that are very personal to them, you know? Agreed. Uh, let me see here. Julie uh, Rutherford. Hello, Julie says, putting up a tree. I do it because of societal expectation. All right. I like the tree. I like the tree too. Don't have one, but I like you it. You didn't do one this year? I didn't do one this year. No. Why not? I should have. Uh, this is my first time like having my own, like not my first time having my own place, but you know, it's having, December 9th. No, I guess I could do it. I should do it. Oh shit. It's you're right. Over. I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm going to do it. You don't have to. I'm not pressuring you. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. No, I do want to do it. Um, I, the, here's the thing. Casey um, was going to give me uh, a little small tree because they were going to get a big one. Um, but then they realized they didn't want to get the big one, so They kept the small one. So I kind of have to have to go my own way now and get, get my own tree. So that's I what I'm going to do. And that is Casey in your uh, family, not Casey Pegram. Casey in my family, my beloved uh, mother of my child, uh, who is right. a lovely human being and a dear, dear friend. She is. I, I saw those uh, portraits that she posted online the other day mm-hmm. of you and your big extended family and you and Eden, and they were great. Yep. They were lovely, lovely pictures. Really nice. Very nice. You want to plug who took those? Is there a local Yeah, her name is Courtney Goldman. Um, she is an Atlanta-based uh, portrait photographer, and uh, you can check her out at CourtneyGoldman.com, if I'm not mistaken. She's lovely. Good good friend of the family. Cindy Decker says, a big sit-down meal. I would much rather have finger foods. All right. Vanessa Lopez, her dear friend, loves all the holiday things. Yes, I'm one of those people, and I'm not sorry. You shouldn't be. Uh, Linnea Barnett, one of our old pals says, I love all things holiday related, but every year my husband asks if I want to go to the Christmas Eve mass and every year I have to remind him who he married. (laughs) That's really great. Yeah. Do you think you can casually go to a mass just like, you know, to appease somebody or do you you need to stand by your guns if you're like super a religious? Like, well, I mean, it's up to the person. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with an agnostic or an atheist going to a mass or a church service. Agreed. If they want to appease someone, that's a nice thing to do. Uh, I'm not into it, mm-hmm. but, and Lenny is not into it. I, I don't have any, because kind we're of, both right. Uh, yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> My thing is I don't really have any kind of like religion, anti-religious soapbox about not going. I just find them intensely boring. Yeah. Like, why would you want to ruin Christmas? Come on. Mass? <laughs> I could be drinking you a, know, hot toddy. a hot toddy and watching a Christmas story and yeah, you know, yucking yeah. it up. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Stephanie Del Culva Cardinal. Great name. Don't hate any of our traditions. If anything, I love them even more now. That's very sweet, Stephanie. I love that. Love hearing that. Uh, let me see here. We'll buzz through a lot of these uh, quickly. Rochelle Jones, watching Love Actually. All right. I've heard that movie stinks. John Bowles uh, Kerm <laughs> says, listening to Christmas music. 
Uh, A.J. Middlestead, one of our old friends, says the same food every year. Uh, Robert Eldridge putting up a Christmas tree. I seriously could care less. It's so funny. As we're buzzing through these, I keep like forgetting. Are these things people love about Christmas or hate? And then like, occasionally one will hate pop that out. you do anyway. hate that you do anyway. But uh, because yeah. your family. Uh, no, I get it. I remember. But it's just like some of these sound I like, know. <laughs> like, like nice, but I get it. Love Actually, I didn't even realize it was a Christmas movie. I, I've hmm. never seen it. Hmm. Uh, Helen Lyons. This is a good one. I don't hate it at all, but I do feel a little awkward at age 45 to have my dad read my sister and me. Clement Seymour's Twas the Night Before Christmas picture book every Christmas Eve. I think your dad is fucking with you. At least he doesn't make you like <laughs> sit in his lap or something. Yeah, like gather around, kids. Gather around, sit around, children. Yes. That's funny. Uh, Jared Adams hates Bing Crosby music. Sierra Sherry also hates Midnight Mass. Oh, it's at midnight? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. There's no way. No. I'm, I'd be bombed. Totally. You don't want drunk Chuck in church at midnight. Uh, Kira Brianne Hawkins says Dirty Santa even though I know it's a game uh, and I am an adult I always end up mad for one reason I don't know that game what is Jim it game hates Dirty Santa Dirty Santa is that is that like a white elephant Christmas situation like why you know a gift giving like exchange never heard the hell it. is Dirty Santa sounds like a kinky sex move that's the <laughs> Dirty Sanchez okay, <laughs> uh, Jim Rimley says Bible readings uh, Zach Pointer, one of our old friends, says getting Christmas cake that's too expensive. Uh, and he says chicken dinner is popular in Japan. I knew that. KFC is a big thing in Japan for Christmas. Yeah, Dirty Santa is kind of like Yankee Swap or like, you know, it's really like, like your white elephant okay. gift thing. It's like a exchange. But does it have to be like trade. Yeah. a vibrator or something? No, I don't think so. It says Dirty Santa tends to be geared more toward a new gift in the 15 to $20 range. While white elephant lends itself to something that is free and tackier, gotcha. so yeah, dirty Santa is more like a cool gift. It sounds like it should be like, well, I'm not even going to say that. This show has limits to no, like butt plugs or something, or well, sure, there okay. you go. Cool. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but that's along those same lines. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yours is in the mail, by the way. Thanks, bud. And when I say in the mail, I don't mean the one I bought for you. I mean the one that we share and mail back and forth to each other. <laughs> hundred uh, percent. I will say there's nothing more festive than a butt plug because it looks a lot like a Christmas tree. What is wrong with us? It's the best oh, holiday God. sex toy. I mean, no question. Hands down. Oh, little Christmas tree up your butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Handler loves it all. He said, there's a reason that my nickname at the holidays is Santa Clauston. Austin Handler. I love that. Out there in, uh, in New York. Uh, all right. I think that's good. Yeah. It's great. Those, those are enough grievances. What's is the, what, it's an old Festivus. Remember Festivus on, uh, sure. on Silent Seinfeld? Wasn't the airing the of, of grievances one of the, the Festivus traditions? Yeah, that, that that's a classic. The feats of strength. Mm-hmm. Very funny stuff. Very good. I know people that have Festivus polls they put up, Noel. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. 
We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Uh, all right. So family tradition out of the way. Let's do this then. Let's, let's end on something a little cheerier. Let's not speak of butt plugs and vibrators mm-hmm. and atheism. No. No. My God. We're not yeah. trying to ruin Christmas. Atheism. There's nothing wrong with atheism or butt plugs or vibrators. But go on, Chuck. I see no, where I know. you're, I see, I see I'm, where you're I'm, going with this. I'm down with all three. <laughs> um, let me see here. What did I put? Oh, I put... What's your favorite moment or scene from a Christmas movie or special? So not the entire thing, but just your favorite moment. Uh, I, I mean, I've got a lot of favorites, but I will say the the one often quoted in my house is the Peter Dinklage scene in Elf. That whole scene is fantastic. Very funny. Uh, and especially when he jumps up on the table and Will Ferrell goes, look at you. Mm-hmm. And he reaches out to to get a hug. Love that part. And then he just comes, bum rushes him. That's <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, Brittany Story, one of our old pals, says, when Kathleen Kelly is hanging more twinkle lights and, uh, that's in quotes, and decorating her Christmas tree in the store window of the shop around the corner. As a viewer, you hear her read her latest letter to Joe Fox describing the Joni Mitchell song River and expressing grief over missing her mother and worrying about the uncertainty of her business surviving. It's a beautifully written scene and utterly heartbreaking. Someone has mentioned this. Oh yeah. I don't know. I was on an Instagram story. I think the, the Joni Mitchell song river was mentioned as like good song being a Christmas song, but I think it was maybe because it's associated with this movie. Yeah. I, I just got, I just came in the mail yesterday. I got Emily, uh, Joni Mitchell's blue, the original, uh, pressing, which uh, nice. I found on eBay. That's very cool. It was not cheap. I bet. I need to do. I mean, into... it was like sixty bucks. Yeah, but no. sixty bucks for a record is a lot of money. I think I've only ever paid more than fifty for a record once. I got like an original pressing of a New Order um, Substance, which is like kind of like a 
career spanning like retrospective yeah. from their early just post joy division days but it's uh, like a double lp but it's on factory records i'll throw down for a, a collectible record every now mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. i have the, the original van halen demo record uh and i think that was saying like 40 50 bucks oh dude i have to tell a very quick story it's not holiday at all but we're talking this is just too good not to mention i had a call with a dude the other day about a podcast pitch and me and jordan um who work on the music slate together Jordan was researching something and he came across this detail that Charlie Manson um, had made these demo tapes in the sixties. And I'd actually heard them and they were produced by this guy who Mm -hmm. had the same name as the dude we were doing the call with. And it it tracked because this guy's like a sixties kind of like producery PR guy who like, you know, ran in circles with like the likes of like the Rolling Stones. And I'm not going to name his name, but um, anyway, so he, we do the call, do the pitch. It's great. At the end, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put Jordan on the spot really quick. We've got to ask you about something. And Jordan found this and we just, uh, you got to do it, Jordan. So he asked him and he goes, do you want to hear the story? (laughs) And he, Charles Manson's producer. Yeah. So this guy apparently was buddies with a dude who was Charles Manson's cellmate. Um, And Charlie Manson got out of prison and he wanted to be a musician. Everyone knows kind of that part of his story. That was his whole deal. Um, And he, his cellmate hooked him up with this guy who Mm -hmm. worked at Universal um, you know, the, the, the movie studio at the time who had just launched a small record label and recording studio. He got him an in to like record these demo tapes. So he says, Charlie pulls up in this school bus to the studio lot with all these like, you know, hippie chicks on acid, like with no shoes on and they, they have a meeting and they agree to do the demo and they, they make it. And then he ultimately doesn't go anywhere cause it kind of sucks. But he also like had Manson over to his house several times. And he mm. said he uh, was flying back from LA to New York or sorry, New York to LA. And he looked at the newspaper at the, at the uh, airport and it was like Charles Manson arrested after multiple homicide, Sharon Tate house. And he said his blood just ran cold. And then he got home and there was a message on his machine from the FBI saying they wanted to talk to him. And he called them up and they said that they had found this list, this murder list in Charlie's stuff and that his and his wife's name were on it. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I hope my name's never been on a murder a list. A murder list, yeah. And, and and one can only assume it was because he failed to secure him a record deal. <laughs> Jeez. I'm going to kill him, too. Exactly, yeah. It's funny, when I was a kid, like, Charles Manson was, seemed so scary to me. And, of course, I'm not saying what he did and wasn't horrific and scary, but I had never, like, heard him talk or anything. I get a little bit older. And I was like, he's just this little short redneck. Mm-hmm. That's I all count the nickels. I roll yeah. the nickels or whatever. There's a whole, there's a great uh, little like him ranting kind of speech. And he just sounds unhinged and not particularly yeah. scary or threatening at all. And yet we're smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting stuff. Uh, all right. Brianna Rossi back to uh, scenes yes, yes. or moments from Christmas movies. Brianna Rossi, one of our oldest friends says, uh, what about the scene in home alone in the church with Kevin talking to his neighbor? That's oh, a sweet so scene. Good. Yeah. That's, I think we're going to watch that this year with Ruby. I think she's old enough oh, to love it. Oh, man. That gets pretty brutal. Don't forget, like, the, the direct stepping on the giant nail and the paint yeah. cans to the face. I mean, it's it's No, sadistic. yeah, I mean, it's of course. Sadistic. But it's, uh, it's all in fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think it's appropriate. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, like, it, like, I even saw a meme the other day saying, like, horror torture movies pale in comparison to that scene where Marv steps on the nail directly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, it hurts my heart. 
Um, uh, Melanie Kaufman says not a Christmas movie necessarily, but in Little Women, Little Women feels like a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, Beth receives the old grand piano as a Christmas gift, and now it will make music again. Uh, brings tears to my eyes every time. Great moment. Classic. Uh, Skylar Ward says the family back and forth and while you were sleeping when Sandra Bullock gets invited over for Christmas. Yeah, the movie's all right. It's fun enough. Uh, Melanie Dickey Wright says the end of It's a Wonderful Life when George finds the copy of Tom Sawyer from Clarence and the note inside says, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Then everyone sings Auld Lang Syne and I ugly cry. Uh, Does ugly cry yeah, specifically have to have to do with running makeup or is it just you make a weird face? I, that, that I think. Okay. Done. Just sobbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugly face. <laughs> yeah. Good ugly cry feels good. Uh, Nick Erickson says, I enjoyed that Harvey Corman, Julia Child cooking segment in the Star Wars holiday special way more than I like to admit. Uh, David Barlow, one of our old buddies, says, I've always loved the scene where they finally get those lights on in Christmas Vacation. I like that scene, too. Never seen it. I'm I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Kosky says, in The Family Stone, that is a good Christmas movie. uh, Because it's not... You know, it's a family movie that is set near Christmas. It's, Got it's it. a good movie. Uh, when the dad and the son are out eating brownies. I don't know. I just love how comfortable they are together. I always hoped I could be that comfortable with my son. Really, anything that Luke Wilson does in that movie made me laugh. Quite enjoyed it. Uh, Sarah Garcia says, Chevy Chase watching childhood movies, getting sentimental, then falling through the roof attic door when Beverly D'Angelo opens it. Yeah, that's a fun scene. Uh, let me see here. Uh, the train scene at the end of while you were sleeping when Sandra Bullock describes when she fell in love. That is from Cindy Hainsworth. Uh, Karen Carone. I always mispronounce your name, Cindy. I'm so sorry. Uh, Erica Renee Bossart says the scene at the end of home alone when the mom walks through the door on Christmas morning is reunited with Kevin as a new mom. It hit me right in the mommy heart and gets me choked up. Or how about this moment? Noel Karen Knox in Charlie Brown Christmas when Linus fixes the little tree mm. and says all it needed was a little love. That's really so kind. Yeah, that, they're, they're, that's the thing about Charlie Brown. It's like, right. It's simultaneously kind of depressing, but then all of that kind of culminates in like a really warm kind of kind hearted moment, you know? Yeah, totally. Here's a spoiler in the family stone. So if you haven't seen it and want to, don't listen for the next 12 seconds. But Heidi uh, Niven says the final scene of family stone where the family gathers to decorate the tree after Diane Keaton's character had passed away. Rachel McAdams' character places an ornament on the tree and her reflection shows in her mother's photograph on the living room wall. Gets me every time. Me too. No one wants to see that. We want Diane Keaton to live forever, Noel. I have not seen it, so uh, it's totally totally ruined for me now, Chuck. Totally ruined. <laughs> well, I said spoiler. You could have taken off those damn headphones. I guess you don't I care. Have. You're right. No, I don't care. Anna Shrestha, one of our old palaces, Bill Murray's epic speech at the end of Scrooged. Uh, also, Carol Kane beating up Bill Murray in Scrooged. Uh, let me see. Andy Long says, uh, both I like, in a Christmas uh, what's story. his name from the New York Dolls as the cab driver in, uh, oh, uh, in Buster Poindexter? Buster Poindexter in uh, Scrooged as the ghostly yeah, what, cab what's driver. What's his real name? Uh, uh, David Johansson. That's right. Yep. yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, Andy Long says, both in a Christmas story uh, with the grouchy master performance of Darren McGavin. Amen. Uh, when the old man clicks on the radio to Silent Night and puts his arm around Ralphie's mom, uh, content and happy, in the glow of the tree while watching the snow come down through the frosty window. And then, when Ralphie's mom opens the cabinet door under the kitchen sink and Randy emerges for dinner. 
Uh, in a subtle moment of genius, the old man sees the strange event occur and gives a befuddled and exhausted head shake before returning to his paper. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny, that's a funny moment. <laughs> I told you we watched that with Ruby and it, it was too over her head. It's Christmas not a kid's story? movie. Yeah, it's not a five-year-old movie. No, it's got a lot of uh, innuendo and like adulty kind of themes. And I'm sure I've mentioned. And it's this. just not that funny for a five-year-old. No, it's that's the thing, right? Like a lot, of, like that's what's why Disney movies work so well because they work on multiple levels because they've got the jokes for the kids and the jokes for the adults. But Christmas Story is like a adult movie masquerading as a kids movie. Um, but you know, we've talked about this. They play it every year um, on TBS, like, or maybe they don't, don't do it anymore, but they used to for years on like a 24 hour marathon, just playing the movie on repeat. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen it from front to back in one sitting. I've just seen it like in weird, like cut up reverse order, like from mm-hmm. watching it, like, Oh, turn on the TV for a minute and like grab a little 10 minute clip and then, okay, now do some other stuff. Oh, turn it back on. Now it's back at the beginning because it's looped over. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen it all in one go, but uh, definitely seen the whole thing. Uh, Miguel, Miguel, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry, Miguel. Miguel Mayana. Yeah. I think that's right. Seems right. Not Manana. Tiny Tim saying, God bless us, everyone. It's my favorite. I'm an atheist, so it has become a family joke. Whenever something nice happens at home, I say it out loud. Sure. That's very funny, Miguel. I do stuff like that, too. You've got to say it in a tiny little voice, too. God bless (laughs) us, everyone. And welcome to the uh, Crusher community, Miguel. I don't think I've seen you before. Uh, Let me see. Scott Thiel, without a doubt, at the end of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, that two minutes and 15 seconds gets longer every time I watch it. It's a family favorite, though. All right, let's finish up with a couple now, of these. I, I have to assume they're referring to the animated classic and not the kind of macabre Jim Carrey one that I, I find wholly unpleasant. I don't know how others in the I community like that movie. You liked I'll, it? You liked it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I think they really uh, I think they really brought that world to life in a very kind of cool, creative, believable way. Practical sets and costumes, and I, th- I thought it looked good. I liked it. Maybe I'll check it. I'll give it another go. No, it's not for everyone. Right, Don't watch it again, though. No. Okay. Don't ever watch okay, it. I definitely won't, Chuck. Uh, Dan Maynard says, uh, Zoe Deschanel singing an elf, not because she's in the shower. That's a bonus. Hey, now, Dan. Uh, that's when I discovered her as a singer and found her band She and Him, who are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like She and Him because I'm a huge... Uh, M. Ward. M. Ward guy. Mm-hmm. No, here's a little M word secret, and you don't really get it from his records. You get it a little bit. He's one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. Is he really? Dude, I saw him at City Winery from the front row there, and uh, just him and an acoustic guitar. He fucking murders that guitar. Crazy finger picking style and stuff. Crazy, 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 crazy. And and I'm a huge M word fan, but like it really doesn't come through on the records like it does live. Interesting. It's something else. Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. I can take it or leave it. I was about to say, people have a beef with Zoe Deschanel because she's the deal, dude. And I don't want to be mean, but when someone is clearly sort of singing like an affected sort of Billie Holiday thing, it just like, you can't convince me that that's how Zoe Deschanel just really sang from the moment she opened her mouth. I don't care for it either, Chuck. 
I, mean, I think she put on a thing uh, to sing like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't care for it either. Uh, I might be wrong. No, I, I know others, though, that do that. <laughs> and it takes something real special to pull that off and have it feel authentic and not affected. But the way she does it combined with her just like general kind of quirky thing, you know, which, you know, yeah. I'm, again, I'm not trying to like whatever. Be yourself. Do your thing. Uh, but she does. She has kind of gotten pigeonholed as that like manic pixie dream girl kind of like yeah. ukulele playing like you know sarcastic cute girl uh, <laughs> i like her as an actor and the stuff i've seen her in uh all the real girls is one of my favorite indie movies of all time with a uh, friend of the show paul schneider mm-hmm. uh, and zoe deschanel i think she's a good actor i never saw the new girl people really so I can't like speak it. to that I don't know. but i like her yeah i just don't like just don't sing like that okay fair 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 <laughs> i think this is gonna be divisive Half the people are going to say, totally, dude. And half the people are going to be really mad at me. On the internet? People being divided? I don't believe it. All right, let's finish this up. Let's do it. Uh, with a couple of more. Uh, Brandon Sur, uh, Surigao says, the fight between uh, Joshua and Riggs, Gary Busey and Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon is pretty great. <laughs> Lethal Weapon. Christmas movie. I guess if Die Hard can be, then Lethal Weapon can be. I mean, the first one takes place in the Christmas season, right? Or at least uh, a big portion of it. Does. It's been a while, yeah. but that sounds about right. Yeah. And then we'll finish up Noel with Adam storm because it's one of my favorite Christmas specials. Uh, when river bottom nightmare band takes the stage. And of course this is during Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas, the oh. most pure hearted, great Christmas piece of content that's ever been made. Is that the one with heat miser, snow miser? I like that. No, no. What's that from? That is the, uh, it's either the Rudolph one, you know, it's one of the Rankin Bass stop motion uh, Christmas specials. I don't know if it's Rudolph. I think it's the Rudolph one. Or maybe it's, no, it's not Baby New Year. What the heck? Those are all great too, though. I love those. Is it The Year Without Santa Claus? I don't know. That might be a sequel. Okay, never mind. But yeah, got it. You're talking about a Henson property. I'm talking about a stop motion thing. Two very different things. All right, my friend, that is it for this uh, holiday edition. We got another one coming out on Christmas Day this year, Noel, which is pretty exciting. And um, we're going to record that next, you and me. But for everyone out there listening, uh, I hope you were with friends and family, keeping it small and having a good time anyway. And uh, we wish you well and we love you all. Movie Crash is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown. Edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponsty Market, Atlanta, Georgia for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.